I am so excited to be here reviewing Harry Potter and the Oh wait. <laughs> Never mind. That that maybe would have made this an excellent movie. <laughs> like, okay. Mm. Um yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they would have shoehorned him into the timeline for this film, just being oh, what whatever. it was. But I whatever. mean, listen, that hasn't stopped them from making other questionable creative decisions. So I mean, if you've gone whatever. that far, just, yeah, just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Movement Podcast. The slightly less disappointed but still disappointed co-host is myself, Peter, and the more disappointed or verbally disappointed is Brady. Yeah. I- yeah, I mean, I you know, I haven't really <laughs> fully actually said that yet. No, no, no. I was just impl- yeah. or I was reading your your verbal language, your yeah. nonverbal okay. tone, and other things. Right. Okay. Uh, but yes, welcome to the show. Uh, this is a new release episode where we yeah we are we we got to go to the theater. We got to watch the next chapter in the Fantastic Beasts. It's not a trilogy. It's a five, five, five films. Well, right? wait, what? That depends on how this one performs financially. Oh, and critically. So it might what? be a trilogy. Might be a trilogy. How would that? How? Well, you know, I don't know. Oh wow! If you're, you know, it's movie business. <laughs> it's show business. It. Yeah. So like, wow. You know. If if you you know no one's going around. Well, this is gonna cost us millions. Yeah, but the story is not finished. Like nobody, <laughs> right? No one nobody has cares. A, no one has. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Huh. If it's gonna cost a lot of money, if it's gonna like lose physically, a lot. like like yeah. if it yeah, if it's gonna lose a lot of money, which right now, <laughs> which right now, Fantastic Beasts has not the new one has not broken even. Oh, as of yet, hmm. no. Okay. So it didn't. No, fare, so it it, didn't it had a production well. budget of of two hundred million, okay. and right now it's made two hundred and one million. But we've talked about on the show before how mm. you have to like that budget doesn't include what was spent on marketing. Mm. So you almost have you you have to come close to like doubling the budget. Hmm. Wow. So. So it's got a long way to go, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's um. It's got some stuff to do. <laughs> Well, I mean, I I don't have any trivia because it, it's a new release, so typically I don't for those. Um, so initial thoughts. Let's do initial thoughts. Okay, initial thoughts. This is better than the second one. Okay, I'm 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 mental. I'm visualizing what you're saying. Okay, better than the second one. I think it's probably more fun and interesting than the f- first one, or at okay. least. It's like, you know, the stakes feel higher. It's a little more interesting. Yeah, sure. Yeah. This is still worse than the worst Harry Potter film. <laughs> right. Those are my initial thoughts. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, my initial impressions are two. I've got two thoughts. The first is down the road. If the fourth one is made, you've kind of popped that news on me. Uh, I'm unsure of the status of this podcast reviewing the fourth installment as a new release. I'm, I'm not going to go on here 
and you know people's you know when you know when fanboys on the internet get mad and they say i'm not gonna go watch this and it's a lie because they will they're just upset about something i'm not saying i'll never watch the fourth one but it might have to be like in the 399 bin at walmart before i'm like yeah that's that's fair you know well i mean we're gonna have to you know if there is a fourth one we're gonna have to do it for the podcast so no i mean that's exactly what I say. I'm not sure. Like I, sh- sure we will do oh, it for the podcast. On. Sure we will do it for the podcast when it is three ninety nine at the Walmart bin. Oh come on! <laughs> so you really didn't like this movie? This series is so bland to me. I've wow. my second thought, and then that's my initial impressions. I we can get into this later, but I have for me what would have solved the problems for this entire series, and I've diagnosed the problem. And if I had changed that, then everything would not be. I'm not saying it's going to be better than your most favorite Harry Potter, but it would have been more passable and entertaining and, you know, making me excited to go forward in this series. Okay. Do you want to just, what is it? It's, it's honestly making it a trilogy and, and, and having the plan of it being a trilogy, not, you know, things get cut off and you're intending to really round some things out in the fourth or fifth. I, you know, it's, I understand wanting to cash in on something as lucrative as the Wizarding World. I I, I do, and I, I will be empathetic to the rich financial people—not rich, but the the financial people making their decisions. But it's it's just such a make it a trilogy. It's 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 based on like one peripheral character from the tr- trilogy or from the Harry Potter series, rather. And it's really just like a guy who wrote a textbook. So like there, there's not a whole lot of, you know, canon to go on here. Stretching it out into five films is, is the death of it, right? Because even in this film, you get some nice things. In the previous one, you know, you get Hogwarts, you get some of this, some of that. For me, if, you, if it's a trilogy and you cut out some of the fat, I think it'd be more passable. You go, you know what? It's not the most story-rich thing, but it gives me what I want. It's pleasing to be back in this world. And I think they're just getting too greedy to trying to stretch it out in five. Make it a trilogy, and then when that's done, move on to something else. You know, pick another peripheral thing from the Wizarding World and make another sub-series out of that. I think that's the. I think that's been the kiss of death, trying to stretch it into five. If it would have been three, I think they would have had a bit less of blandness. So I watched this movie last night, and lit- so literally, like, and it was like a ten o'clock showing, mm. um, and so literally less than twenty four hours ago, um, <laughs> we we're walking out of this movie, mm-hmm. and and I said, do you know what movie I would be far more interested in? Hmm. Like, like, far- would rather see than anything we've seen so far in this franchise, what? in in the in the in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. What? I want to see a story set a thousand years ago about Helga Hufflepuff, Godric Gryffindor, Salazar Slytherin, and whatever the, what is it, (laughs) Rowena Ravenclaw or something? Sure, yeah. Founding the school. I want to see Salazar Slytherin build the Chamber of Secrets. I want to see this conflict of Salazar Slytherin thinking that muggle-born or mudbloods or whatever you want to call it are insuperior and should not be taught and that kind of rift that is created that is a movie i would watch and and the person i was watching it with went one step further and was like i would just watch like if it was like a 
you know, Snape's at school and Minerva's at school and, <laughs> and you know, shit, Argus Filch is at school. Like, who cares, right? right and it's right. like, it's just characters that we know. Yeah. Or 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 anything, right? Like, you know, g- yeah. give me a story about, give me an actual story about the first time the Chamber of Secrets was opened and how Hagrid was accused and expelled and hmm. yeah. and all of this stuff. But this other stuff? Uh, mm. Yeah. I had a couple thoughts walking out of this movie. Three main thoughts. Um... One I've already told you is better than better than the last one, and it's on par, if not a little bit better than the first one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, second is, uh, no, I have three on top of that. Never mind. Second is, <laughs> I am a I you know, the last time around going into this, we talked about I am a supporter of Mads Mikkelsen. But there's not a single scene that he was in here that I don't think would have been enhanced by our previous iteration of Gellert Grindelwald. That would have felt more intense, that would have felt more maniacal when he's standing up there on top of that that staircase and he's he's about to assume leadership. If it was that albino-skinned, blonde-haired, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. eye contacts, Gellert Grindelwald who kind of whispers a little bit when he speaks. Hmm. Like, that would have felt, oh man, we're screwed. Mm. We are screwed if this guy gets in. Gellert Grindelwald is not menacing in this movie. He does a couple of, like, shady, no good things. But he's a weak villain. He is not menacing at all. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you why that's the case because i enjoy mads as well and i enjoy him in most roles but for me this wasn't the most convincing or the most preferred role i've seen him in and i also too i didn't have a problem with johnny and i did miss some elements that he brought and it's just it's such a complicated thing right it's like you know mads wasn't brought in for his merit over johnny it's that a business, or I guess you'd classify it as a business, a business decision was made to remove the previous actor, and so they went in a d- another direction. So it's, it's a weird, it's weird because it's hard to just grade it artistically of why did you guys go in this direction? It's like a decision was made by the studios, so they made the next best decision, and, you know, we, the audience, have to notice that there's a difference, and... Sounds like you and I both thought there was a bit of a drop off. Yeah. Like yeah, no, I don't I, know. I I felt like the previous iteration felt like Johnny Depp playing Gellard Grindelwald. This iteration felt like Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> in a Fantastic Beasts movie. <laughs> I I think that's a good way to say it. I agree. Right. Yep. He wasn't character acting, really. Mhm. So, you know, I don't know. I, for me, that hurt it. The yeah. next thought I had was... Um, Actually, before you go on, I want to piggyback on your other thought because I think it goes okay. in tandem with what I said. And I completely agree. Any of those story elements that you described do sound interesting. And I think there it's a goldmine when you can 
hone in on something that not only takes place in in a universe, but people have emotional connection with. And so, again, I think it backs up my point too. It's like, if you're so committed about doing this fantastic beasts textbook storyline, just touch on it, you know, two films, three at the most, and then move on to something else. Because all the things you mentioned, there's ample material to work on. Like there's so many things, so many directions you can go on. Why bog down and do five films about this? But I, sorry, I, I wanted to piggyback that because every, everything that you described, I was like, yep, that's that's very yeah. interesting to me. I mean, I don't know if I'm hating it as much as you are, um, but but I do, like I get where you're coming from for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my next thought is that wizards are a bunch of like, I don't know, like wishy-washy dumbasses. Why? Because when Gellert Grindelwald gets elected, everyone's like, yeah, kill the muggles. Why? Like everyone's (laughs) so excited about it. They're shooting green smoke into the air. Everyone's like. It's honestly the equivalent of like a Southern, you know, um, civil war, like where people yeah. are shooting their guns in the air. And like, so you're, so you're like, oh wow, these are all a bunch of mad mothers. And then, and then the other girl gets elected, gets chosen, and the same group of assholes are now <laughs> shooting yellow sparks into the air, and they're like, whoa, let's not kill the muggle. And I'm like, what? Have a spine. What is your? Like what is your what, actually? What is your philosophical stance? Right. Are you just a bunch of sheep? Like what? Are you... <laughs> I honestly. Oh, this this felt, guy's in charge now. Okay. I felt the exact same. It's so funny. All our points are hitting on the same thing. Audience, we swear we didn't see the movie together. Um, but I I literally wrote down how like what is the jive of all these Grindelwald followers that they're so easily like bloodthirsty and like, let's kill every last one of them. And then at the last second, you know, our main characters say, you know, you know, you've been taken, you know, he's lying to you. Let's, let's show you the truth. And they all back off and le- listen to reason. And like, they're like, okay with it. And it's like, really? Like, I don't want to get too political on this podcast, but like, all of us can point to historical examples of people who have been brainwashed by leaders that are, you know, truth or like facts do not sway people's opinion about certain leaders. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, I just felt that so like, it just felt like lame, uh, lazy writing that just like, like you said, like a pendulum just swinging. These followers are just like (laughs) ebb and flowing, like with their opinions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. <laughs> it was just so so wishy-washy. <laughs> it was. Like, yeah. Uh it was nice to see that um doesn't matter what decade, what year, what century you visit. Uh Slytherin has always just been made up of, of a bunch of little pricks. <laughs> no kidding. Like literally Slytherin is 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 built on the back of of prepubescent pricks. Like yeah. I was like, my God, what a bunch of assholes. Oh my God. But my yeah. biggest takeaway was there is something and and I wish I've thought for almost twenty four hours now about how to properly put this into words. 
Huh. And I haven't come up with anything that does it close to justice. So take whatever I say and times it by 12 here. Sure. Okay. The combination of seeing Hogwarts or seeing the Room of Requirement or seeing some sort of Hogwarts scenery coupled with that music the bum bum ba dum bum 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 that wields a power so earth-shattering <laughs> like you know i was watching this movie and i was like oh uh, yeah okay like this isn't as bad as the last one this kind of mm. interesting like mm-hmm. oh, okay i wonder where they're gonna take this and then all of a sudden we're at hogwarts and that music is playing and i am transported to a to a like you know pardon the pun to a magical place yeah an emotional place a sure. place that i've been a place that i know the iconography of mm. hogwarts coupled with that music is such a powerful thing hmm. that those moments were were incredible were worth the price of admission even if yep. that's all we got yep. and and i equate it to sitting in a theater seeing and and, and it's 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 dead silent and you see the blue writing come across the screen a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> right, yeah. And then and then it goes black and it's silent for a second. And then the big yellow writing Star Wars comes across the screen and that music starts and you know that whatever follows, <laughs> even if it's horrible, is going to be something special. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, again, it, you know, again, it just like... It warmed my heart, but it also drove home the notion that, like, we are, what are we chasing after here? Like, what is this franchise trying to ride on the coattails of? And and is there is there a way of recapturing this, or is it done? Was it lightning in a bottle for eight films, and now it's done? And with mm. the exception of maybe like, you know, if they were to do a film version of, of The Cursed Child and like get Daniel Radcliffe and, and Emma Watson and and uh, Rupert Grint and get them all back. Did Michael Gambon pass away? Am I imagining this? Ooh, I'll, I'll I think he up. did just recently. Hmm. But I, I mean, it wouldn't matter because either way, Dumbledore's dead, I guess. Right. So either way, it wouldn't matter. Um, But like, you know, to get Maggie Smith back, because she's somehow still alive um, and acting. I I don't think he's passed away. Michael Gambon. He's an Irish actor. I'm on his wiki page and I only see Okay, yeah, he's 81 years old. I don't know why I thought he passed away. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, good for him. He's still alive. Um, (laughs) But yeah, to get him, I don't know, to do like a, a cameo or like a flashback, right? you know, and you get Maggie Smith to play Minerva and you get, you know, you just, you do all of these things. You get, um, oh, uh, I'm, 
recapping her name, but the girl that plays Ginny Weasley. Like, you get all these people. Yeah. And you do Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. But again, it'd be like, it'd be bittersweet because it would be one of those, like, passing of the torch Ghostbuster things where you're like... Right. It's not really about the original. Like, they're there as auxiliary characters, and you're like, no. No, I'd rather see... I'd rather see it's been 10 years Mm. and Harry and his friends are now having to deal with some other shit. (laughs) Right. And I don't know what it, I don't know what it would be. Yeah. It couldn't be Voldemort. It couldn't be like, oh, well, there was something in addition to the Horcruxes because that would much like bringing the emperor back in Star Wars. It would kind Mm. of a little bit cheapen some of what came before. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, like, I'm just like, it's not like whatever you're doing, whatever this is, it's, it's clearly not like, just honestly, as much as it's a cop out and it's fan service and it's what I just set the entire next one at Hogwarts and be done with it. I mean, I'm honestly, at least with the first part of your point, I'm with you. It's like, you know, I'm not, I I don't have, I don't have high demands. I don't have high expectations. I'm coming to this theater to pay money, to be pleased with what I want to watch and just pay fan service to me, you know, have more aerials of Hogwarts, play that theme, have moments where you have, you know, our main characters in this film say, you know, what, what room's this? It's the room me required. Like, you know, like just stuff like that. It's like, you know what? I don't need, we don't need to reinvent the wheel here. Just plant Easter eggs the whole time and let yeah, us have show some me fun. The, show me the fat lady on the, the, the Gryffindor common room yeah. entrance. Just, right. yes, 100%. You know, show me the Whomping Willow. Although we yeah. don't even know if, because all we really know about the Whomping Willow is by the mid to late 90s, it's been there for at least 13 years. That's, that's all we know, because right. it's been there since before you were born. <laughs> right. Really? It's a 10-year-old tree. Like, what are you, <laughs> you bent out of shape about, pal? <laughs> Fuck, it's such a stupid line. Um don't you dare. It's a, that's a Snape line, is it not? <laughs> it is, but it's so then dumb. Then it's a good line. <laughs> it's so dumb. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, like, it, it, you know, the moments, even though obviously it's not Maggie Smith, the moments in this franchise when Minerva McGonagall shows up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's magical. Oh, yeah, for sure. The fact that we see more, so much more, like a, a, a complaint that I can't make is the... Mm-hmm increased presence of Jude Law as Dumbledore in this film. And that's something we loved about the previous film. It's like, you know, the first film it was missing, but at least we get this incredible character who we've seen and we're familiar with, and we see a younger version of him. I agree. Seeing him in this film at increased volume was nothing but good. Yeah. I do like, listen, I do like, I remember when I first... When back years ago, like 10 years ago, plus years ago, when they first announced that Dumbledore was gay, mm, yep. I, I didn't object to it, but I I just remember thinking, okay, but why? Like, mm. if he's not, like, what a hollow statement, like, because he doesn't have a lover. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so who cares? 
Like, what what difference does that make? It's hmm. like it means nothing to me. I do like in this film the acknowledgement and an emphasis put on his previous relationship with Grindelwald. Mm. I think that was a lot of fun. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Yes, there is this like, there's this real um, conflict inside of Dumbledore because when you love someone, you like, okay, I'm, I, I'm going to, let's pull back the curtain a little bit here. Sure. Pete. Yes. Pete Elizabeth Fernandez. <laughs> Don't use my real name on this show. Sorry. Did you marry your high school sweetheart? Did you marry the, the, the first girl that you ever went on a date with? No. No. You had you had a high school girlfriend or whatever, and it didn't work out. For whatever reason, you went your separate ways. Sure. One of us were in sync fans, the other Backstreet Boys, and it just never worked out. It was doomed from the start. Sure. <laughs> Um, but they both went on reunion tours at the same time and we couldn't agree on anything. Right. So, but I mean, and like at any point here, you can tell me to shut up and mind my own business <laughs> and I'll pull from a, a personal <laughs> anecdote instead. But like, sure. have you, do you have, you know, is, is the, per, the, the individual who you're married to now, <laughs> Carl Eastman, was that your... <laughs> Was that your, you know, you know, maybe it's the person you've loved the most ever because sure you're married to them. But were you like at some point you were in high school and you're like I love this person? Like have you had a girlfriend prior to the person you're married to now who you said I love you to? I have no idea where this is going. No, no just yes or no. I What what's the question? Prior to the prior to going out with with the individual who you're currently married to. Sure. Till death do you part. Yeah. Was there ever a moment where you felt like with a previous relationship that you were, that you loved this person, that the, that the emotions that you had for this other person was love? <laughs> I, I honestly can't. Like, I think you should drop back <laughs> and give the double door. Just, 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 Stop using the metaphor because I can't give. I'm not being difficult. I can't answer, uh, give an answer that's okay. on the same I, magnitude as a grown ass man who had a previous right. relationship with someone. I will personal anecdote then. Sure. I have, there have been individuals in my life who I have loved who are <laughs> no longer in my life. Like Carl Eastman. Exactly. And I will always have, like, regardless of how that ended. Right. Yeah, or yeah, for yeah. what reasons it ended. Or or what different places we're both in now. Mm -hmm. I will always have love for that person. I may mm. not be in love with that person. Yeah, yeah. But I will have love in my heart for that person. For sure. And so and that's that's clearly no different than what we're getting with the the Grindelwald thing here. And oh, so like absolutely. even once that blood pact is broken, mm-hmm. I get the impression that like um that there is, you know, when the guys like promise you'll go after him. Yo, promise yeah. Promise you'll go after him and you'll find him and you'll take him out. There is a little bit of like yes I will, 
but I wish it wasn't me. I wish I wish this wasn't what I had to do. I get the impression whenever we've seen this blood pact in the series that it's almost like a, a shield to hide behind because it's a convenient the at least with the blood pact, he ha- he doesn't have to make the difficult decision to do that. He can always say, Hey, I can't. Once it's released, yeah. hey, I, love, I'd love to. Uh, yeah, but I just like, can't. I just can't. I completely agree that once it's gone, it's like, shoot, I'm now capable to do what must be done. And I've never mm-hmm. actually had to make that difficult decision before. And whether mm-hmm. he could or not will remain to be seen. But I totally, I totally, like, that's a vibe I completely agree with you. And I was picking up on the whole series that it was. You know, we've all had difficult decisions to make in our lives, and sometimes because of necessity, we haven't had to make them, like this case with Dumbledore. And it, that that's exactly how I read it. It's like, you know what? Some curses are a blessing in that circumstance where he doesn't have to choose to oh, kill someone he once felt, right? All the time. I I have... So I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. So I, mm. like, I suffer from anxiety. Sure. Um, and I also have, like, clinically diagnosed OCD. Not mm. like, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, my OCD. No, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Right. Like, I actually, like, I could go get medication tomorrow if I wanted to. I have OCD. Sure. Um, and so there are a lot... So some decisions, like, minute like super salad level decisions hmm. are very difficult for me. Right. Very difficult and cause a lot of like internal turmoil. And so there are times where I I would favor, right? If there are two options, a good option and a bad option, but the only option is the bad option, <laughs> that almost causes me less mm. yeah, yeah, inner yeah. turmoil. Yeah. Because the decision's already made for me. Yeah, for sure. Right? There's lots of things in life that I leave until they're far too late to make a decision, and then I have no choice. <laughs> right. And 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 the no choice is the worst choice because now now yep. there's you know now you've missed your chance. But mm. it's like, but I've missed my chance. There's no choice to make here. And it's it's tough, but but I get it. Like I and I resig I resonate with with that aspect of Dumbledore's yep. conflict. Yep. And I don't know if I'm misremembering it because I know it's been less than a week, but there's some things kind of blend when you're not talking about it immediately once you've seen it. So you might be able to confirm or deny this. But I, just going on the Dumbledore depth train that at least we got to see and that was actually kind of interesting as as, as a film character goes, was not something said to him, and it may have been by Grindelwald, that you know, something along the lines of no one will love you or now, you know, I don't love you or something along the lines of no one will love you or you're not loved at this point or something along those lines. Who will love you now? Who will love you now? Thank you. Who will love you now? And then the film ends with him just sitting alone, not partaking in the wedding celebrations, but just watching watching friends enjoy company with each other and not being part of that, and not being part of a group on his own or, or, or anything, and just watching and then going off into this into the street alone. There was something that I was like, okay, this is actually some interesting depth here about a beloved character that we haven't seen this side of before. So I thought that was, a, for not a great film, it was a very interesting good ending, or at least emotionally. Yeah, and it's interesting. And I mean, we don't fully know 
what it means. Like, why does, you know, like Dumbledore has Aberforth and, and clearly Dumbledore is admired by me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a lot of that is, look, when we're having conflict with people that we care about, because I have no doubt that Dumbledore and Grindelwald care about each other still. Sure. When we're having conflict with people we care about, we say a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> or we we say things that are like, yeah, you know, with the intent of simply hurting someone, mm. right? And so, uh, I don't know. That's kind of how I took that line. Was mm, like true enough. Was you know, and and maybe even an internal reflection. Like a lot of the times, we'll say things to someone else because it's something that we struggle with on our own and we're projecting that on someone else, mm. right? Yeah. So who will love you now is is Grindelwald saying, I've got nobody. Hmm. And, and masking that, right? Yep. Masking that with anger, masking his pain with anger. Right. Um, so, yeah, which again, has a lot of depth and is incredibly, <laughs> you know, powerful. Yeah. Yep. Look, Dumbledore moves in mysterious ways, but what dumbass is going to give Jacob Kowalski a wand? <laughs> Not a proper wand. Like, it doesn't have a, a core. But he's still, like, he can do some stuff with it, right? Was that not? I don't, I, I didn't understand how that worked. I don't know. It, all of it seems pretty. it's not the wand that yeah, gives you magic. pretty contrived. It's like, why Why would you do that? Even with his good intentions, it's probably going to cause more harm than anything. I did like that the goal of this film was chaos, was confusion, was. Sure. Yeah. Was briefcases and nobody, including the audience, ever knows. Because it's a great moment. It's a great moment when Newt thinks that all is lost and that even Newt, even Newt didn't know all of the details of the plan. He wasn't able to. You know, and even in that sequence, when some of the the bad individuals chasing the luggage, like when they'd open up and like things would pour out and we'd get kind of like a little Harry Potter theme... That to me was like, you know what? This is just kind of, this feels very wizarding world to me. And I like yeah. moments like that, like they were just split seconds, but I was like, hit on stuff like that. Yeah. Like that's that's good. What are your thoughts on it's pre-World War II? Yeah. And this film seems to kind of suggest, yeah, like all Germans are assholes. Like, <laughs> really I don't know why. Does. It's like, you know, we need, it's pre-World War II, and yeah. we need a location and yep. some people of power. Do what's, do what's right. Don't do yeah. what's easy. Yeah. Like always. Nasty and we remember World clothing. War One. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, this is a little on the nose. <laughs> Type, I yeah. honestly, I didn't know at some point if we were going to see, because you know what? You could, this is something, and I don't know if they will, because like, I don't know how you handle it tactfully, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the w- Wizarding World could tell us tomorrow and could very intricate, intricately weave in some explanations as to why Hitler was was clearly hmm. a wizard. 
right? And 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 how like the imperial curse, the 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 mind controlling one of the unforgivable curses hmm. was how he got so many people to go along with what he was doing and 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 I don't know if they will do it. I kept kind of expecting to see maybe like a young Hmm. You know, a young yeah. Hitler show up here in this yeah. film because I'm like, I don't know, we're in Germany and it's what mm. like the early, early thirties, I think, late thirties, yeah. mid thirties. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't know, you know, some art school somewhere getting his stuff critiqued, like, <laughs> right? You know, uh, yeah, yeah, that. But yeah. And I agree, it'd be difficult to actually t- pull off well in a way that's not grotesque and in a way that's interesting. But it's not impossible, and I, I, mean, I agree. Like, it's like, why else are we here in this time period? Like, where if, you know, yeah. If Jojo Rabbit can get away with what they got away with, then true, yeah, that's true. Then I mean, really, yeah. the gloves are off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so someone we don't see a lot of is Tina. So Tina kind of shows up. Right at the end. We don't like, know if she's going to. Literally, the credits are beginning to roll when she shows up. Yeah. And I, I, I too, was wondering, Nick, what's going on with Tina? What's going on with Newt? Are they strained? Do I care? I don't know. Like, what? what's even going on? Yeah. Um. I mean, Tina's got a life to live, <laughs> right? She's doing her own thing. She's got, um, you know, she's succeeding, She's yeah. chasing her dreams. She's got stuff going on. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it made sense to me that the hero of this story, Newt, is obviously head over heels for Tina. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but she just wasn't integral to this part of the story, I guess. I suppose. But they wanted to keep her still. Like, I don't know if they'll... But then I don't understand, because, like, Newt has that assistant, and there's definitely some sort of weird sexual tension going on there. (laughs) So, I don't... Like, I don't really know what is going to... Like, who Newt... If Newt is going to end up with anyone, which I think he should. I mean... I know it seems tacky and, you know, like whatever, but sure. The, I mean, the guy deserves someone. I agree. I agree. But, yeah, I don't know. Those are kind of really all of my th- thoughts. I mean, there's not there's not a lot that I... <sighs> there's quite a bit that I liked. Oh, mm-hmm. wait. No, I do want to talk about this. The crab scene crab scene the crab like the the swivel and they're in the cave and he's like strifing the crab scene the crab scene that was a scene that we saw in the trailer and so i kind of thought like oh okay we've already seen this it was Mm -hmm. like maybe for me the best part of the film oh really you enjoyed it it was so funny it was just so it felt wizarding world to me really yeah, because it felt like, you know, there's so many things, whether it's it's <sighs> like every time we visit Diagon Alley or we visit yeah. we visit um Flourish and Blots or we visit um the 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 Weasley's 
magic prank candy shop thing. It's like there's just things about this world. There are things about the wizarding world that seem so bizarre to non-magic folk that like why are like why like quirky. And this just had that that quirky DNA to me. This scene. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, but um, huh. I mean, but this I can't scene put my spoke f- to me. Yeah, that's fair. And it, I guess I, I don't know if I would describe it as for me being very wizardy worldy. Okay. And I, I, I get that it was comedic, and I, I guess I just. I don't know. I guess when I'm buying tickets for films like this, that's not exactly what I'm wanting to see. But it wasn't bad. I guess it's just not what I'm expecting. All right. To me, it was like, you know, it felt it was in the same vein as like repotting mandrake plants or something. Mm, Like it just Uh, had that, you know, kind of like, okay, isn't integral to the story, but is like showing you that there are things in the wizarding world that seem... Sure. bizarre and unnecessarily inconvenient <laughs> right. um sure but that's you know that's just the way the wizarding world works yep no so okay i see where you're coming from with that okay yeah yeah so cool um, do you have anything else sir i i've got a question for you so i'm gonna go over two quick things and then i'll end it with a question so um I liked the costume design in this. I've liked them throughout this series. I do feel this third installment, it maybe took a little bit of a step back. And um, I can't explain why, but I just didn't enjoy it as much as the previous two. The previous two I thought were excellent. This one was just kind of okay to me. I'm still trying to decide how I feel about how the Blood Pact was destroyed. Like, I get it. The combining of the two spells. I'm. My initial impression was... Like, I thought there would have to be more of a quest or more of like a a a, um, a conscious journey or decision to kind of abolish it versus, you know, kind of collectively the good guys get lucky and something happens. And so uh, I guess just from a wizarding world, it made sense to me what happened, but it almost just felt like kind of easy out as far as writing went where it's like okay that's not going to be our main story that's just going to be a little side thing that happens at the end coincidentally so i I, yeah i've got mixed feelings about that my question to you my question to you is just the concept of in film is it best to acknowledge when actors are changed so, obviously, with Mads and Johnny, I mean, should there have been some explanation where, you know, um, someone said, you know, like, literally someone looks at Mads and say, oh, like, what happened? You look quite different. And he said, oh, I'm using this spell to camouflage myself from those trying to take me down. Or, you know, just some brief right. explanation where it's just acknowledged that he looks different and they move on. And, you know, I... I know it's a case by case scenario, but there are some examples of it. I 
could think of the third Matrix where I believe the actor passed away who played the Oracle. So she looked different, obviously, because it was a different right. actor. And they do allude to it. And they do allude to it. They're like, hey, you look different. And she's like, yes, you know, I, I've made, there's some excuse. Like, oh, I've made decisions and I have to live with consequences. You know, like just a brief thing was made of it and then it moved on. And even this would have been hard to do tastefully. And I don't think many people are in the same boat as I am. But even with me, with The Dark Knight Rises, just how important the Joker is to Batman, just in general, and how focal the Joker was is or was in The Dark Knight, I just I was think I would have liked something in the third Dark Knight film trilogy, where they had either just said, you know, hey, where's the Joker? Oh, he's in the Arkham, or you see him in the distance. Obviously, not played by Heath Ledger because he sadly passed away. But in the distance, you see someone with like green hair and makeup going into like a police car or something. You know, like just some way to wrap up this kind of major fundamental character who in the case of the Joker would have probably shown up again because he was so integral to Batman, but couldn't because of real life circumstances. So I guess I'm just saying, you know, I guess that's one example of where they did acknowledge it, one where they didn't and they moved on. And I guess maybe it's a case by case thing. But how do you think about this circumstance that they just completely changed it and didn't go boo or ba about it? Right. I mean, so I have two examples. Like coming off of the the Dark Knight example, they recast Rachel from Kitty Holmes to Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, that's also true. That's another example. And yep. we don't we don't talk about it ever. <laughs> That's true. But probably more importantly, <laughs> right. we, re, we we recast, again, after a passing, we recast Dumbledore. Yeah, that's true. And not just recast him, but like much in the same vein as what we did here, like changed his character design in mm. a lot of ways. Hmm. And don't ever mention it. Right. So I don't know. I mean, you know, if you're asking me if you're asking me what I think of the recasting, which I don't think you are, then that's right. one answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're asking me if if I think that we have to write it into the script why someone looks the way they are, I don't think so, only because I think you run the risk of I think you run the risk of making it feel um, kind of forced, mm, and like, yeah. what other franchise could you explain it in? Like, there's there's nothing that you could have explained it in in the Dark Knight as to why Rachel all of a sudden had a different face. Like, there's no <laughs> right. there's no explanation in that world that makes sense, right? And doesn't feel right. Like the Wizarding world, you can be like, oh, well, it gets a spell, but you're like, oh, well. But why? Right. Mm. And, and and then it just feels kind of forced. Whereas in the rest of media, you're like, okay, well, I this is just what it is. And any explanation is gonna feel kind of weird and awkward and not make any sense to us. Right. So right. I, I don't think it's necessary to explain it. I mean, recastings have to happen. Yep. Right. Um, um was it uh, Howard? Terrence Howard was replaced by um, 
Don Cheadle as as Rhodey or War Machine in the MCU. Right. Right. Right? And 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 they kind of address it, sort of. Like the first line that um that Don Cheadle has in that film is, yeah, it's me, deal with it. Hmm. And it's kind of like an acknowledgement, but also not because it still fits within the di- like what his character's saying. So I don't know. Um, I don't think it's, for me, it's not a big deal. I mean, you know, if you're going to recast someone, recast something. And I think mm-hmm. the audience is intelligent. Like everybody, Everyone nobody, knows. nobody is going into this film going, why, why isn't Johnny Depp here? <laughs> When's Johnny Depp showing up? Yeah. You know, when is Johnny yeah. Depp and Amber Heard going to show up in this film? Like what, <laughs> you know, WTF. <laughs> so. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Zero right. to ten, sir. You know, I I, I think I gave it a four. I am contemplating going lower, but I think it's a four. Just, I, I preferred the second one more than this wow okay i did i prefer this one more than the original one but um it just comes down to you know the hogwarts moments and there were some fanfare moments that were enough to make it okay and tolerable but it really wasn't good so four out of ten for me as far as effort it's it's just barely hanging on it's in the if you owned something like netflix or disney plus and it was coming on there and you you know you're paying a subscription anyway then you could watch it once and be like okay that's the effort worth putting into it but it's it's quite close to falling into the no wi-fi at the cottage i guess we'll watch the vhs of it it's close that is fair yeah what where do you rank this film i give it a 6.9 i think it's um i think it's not amazing sure um but i think it's I think it's a worthy follow-up. I think it's an improvement. It's funny. We've got different appraisals of all three of these mm-hmm. uh, or different like rankings. Um, I think it's better than the last one. I think it might be better than the first one. If not, it's probably pretty close to on par. Um, so it could be the best in this trilogy so far. Um, I've got some issues with it, things that d- definitely would have bumped it up, but I still thought it was fun, exciting, funny, um, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I got some news for us, man. Hmm. We do this thing now. If you're, if you haven't listened to the last couple episodes, we do a little bit of movie news. We talk about some things that are going on in the world of film. <laughs> um, and we just kind of, we discuss them. So Barry Keegan I believe is the pronunciation. He played um, Druig in Eternals. Mm. He also played the new Joker in The Batman. He also had a small role in The Green Knight, which was the film I really enjoyed and thought got Oscar snubbed, but good Uh, actor. Good actor. He was arrested in Dublin uh, almost a week ago for public intoxication. Now, here's the thing. Oh, dear. (laughs) This is not like the Ezra Miller thing. Sure. In that it's just public intoxication. He didn't okay. hit anyone. Okay. He didn't threaten anyone. He was he didn't attack anyone. But was what, he driving or just like being? No, he's just like why well, he was like I don't know, passed out in someone's garden or something. Like you know. <laughs> um. But what I find so fascinating is 
Like, so he's an Irish actor. Sure. And he was in Dublin. Hmm. How drunk do you have to be for the Irish police to say, that's it, pal, you're coming with us? Like, Um, this is Ireland we're talking about. (laughs) You can't say that. Good for them. You can't say that. Oh, you absolutely can. We were t- the other day I was talking about was uh, talking about this with someone. The Irish are like the only the only group of people who are like completely on board with the stereotypes of okay. themselves. Fair right? Enough. Like St. Patrick's Day, they're like, "Yeah, come on." <laughs> like no other culture is like, "Yeah, like misappropriate our our <laughs> who we are." But the Irish are like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. We'll yeah, we'll eat it up." Uh, what else we got here? Um, we got our first trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. Did you watch it? Oh, not yet. Oh, man. It's so good. It's so good. And the only thing I'll say, the arms, the size of the arms. Oh, man. On Natalie Portman. Wow. That's not where I thought you were going. No. Good for her, because she's because we've talked about this for a while that she's going to play a female iteration of yeah. Thor. Yeah, right. She gets her hands on the reconstructed Mjolnir, and is worthy, I guess. And she's been hitting the gym, man. She has I, been hitting the gym. Hmm. Yeah, I really impressive. thought you were going to say the size of the arms of Taika Waititi's uh, CGI'd <laughs> character, Korg. Yeah, no. I pray no. I pray every day that that character makes a return. Yeah, he will. I'm sure he'll be in the new one. I hope so too. Yeah. Um we also have Jason Momoa is starring in a new movie. Mm. A speaking, live Oh, yeah. What? Speaking of size of arms. Yes, well, yeah. A live action. Live action. Minecraft movie. All right. I don't understand how this is going to work. I mean, <laughs> what? Integral to the 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 DNA of Minecraft is sort of this like eight bit aesthetic. Yeah. This would make sense to me as like an animated thing. Sure. But live action? Hmm. I have no idea where they're going with this. Yeah. 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 Finally, last but not least, we have a, uh, well, I mean, there's a couple things. So Spider-Man No Way Home, Mm. not No Way Home, Across the Spider-Verse, the new, Mm. the new, the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has been delayed to 2023. Oh, okay. Um, And finally, last but not least, Ezra Miller was arrested again. Oh, man. For throwing a chair at a woman and hitting her in the head. What the hell? So at this point, Warner Brothers has to be done with Ezra Miller as their Flash. And I'm guessing if there is another Fantastic Beast, you're not going to see... You're not going to see Ezra Miller as Credence. I mean, listen, that wouldn't disappoint me. That was in my list of issues with this film. Just the whole character of Credence, I'm kind of over. I mean... yeah. Nothing about it jumps off the the screen to me going, woof, give me more of that, boy. Yeah. But Man, jeez. I know we've all had rough weeks, but that guy has uh, 
done some things in the last few weeks. It's not good. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What'd you watch this week, sir? Before we go, this isn't news, but I guess I just want to comment on it because it feels appropriate to talk about in news. But one of the trailers I saw when I when I just thought of this now when I when I saw the Fantastic Beasts films film film was the Elvis biopic that's coming out later this year. Ah, uh, yeah. Have you seen you want you've seen the trailer now? I saw it, and you know, I'm not a huge Elvis fan by any means. But Tom um, Hanks. In fact, I, you know, I I would have said I had one percent interest in this film if you had asked me last week on this show. But Tom but Hanks. After watching the trailer, Timothy Hanks is a main reason why. <laughs> Tom Timothy. <laughs> Timothy. Timothy. Okay. Obviously, uh, you you're completely right. Like that is where the majority of the interest is like peaked. But almost equally, what was it? It, it's directed by Baz Luhrmann, who is the mastermind behind one of the greatest films ever made in um, The Great Gatsby. Ah, uh, okay. So I'm just, and I'm, you know, I'm not even just fanboying it up here, but I'm just saying, if you've taken one, what is considered one of the greatest um, American novels of all time and brought it to life and brought it to a, a more a modern day lens and brought interest to it. What an equally kind of like Elvis is the great Gatsby of, you know, yesteryear music, right? So it's, I, I feel like it's just of the same, of the same cut of bringing something as iconic and bringing it to a modern day film lens. And obviously, you know, the film, if it's bad, then, you know, point over and then and it's gone but if it's a good film and for me personally if it can if it piques my interest of watching a film about elvis and being interested about the actual human being as a result i would say wow this guy is just like anything he touches turns to gold so i am interested and obviously it depends how the film turns out but man he has got my attention huh i'm glad yeah it looks good it looks, like it looks it interesting. If nothing else, it looks interesting. Yeah. And you apparently week, Leonardo sir? DiCaprio is going to make a cameo. Really? No. No. I was like, but what? he should. He should. Yeah. R- right up there with with Judy Garland. <laughs> I think the I think the likelihood of those two cameos is about the same. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> What'd you watch this week? What did I watch this week? Okay, I watched one thing. And I, I might take some heat from you. Um, depends how strongly you feel about this. We'll, we'll find out. I watched the 2008 film. It's part of a series, and it's the fourth part of a series. I watched Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And. Um, it's not a good film. Yeah, honestly, that it's not a good film. You know, I watched it because I'm an Indiana Jones fan. And Indiana Jones is so weird in that it's an iconic character and people love it, myself included. But there's really only three original films and then the fourth, you know, after 2008. There's not a lot of screen time. So it's the, a weird dynamic of a lot, you know, to have such a pop culture character but then, you know, not a lot to go on. It, and it's just so contrary to James Bond, right? Where there were 27, where 
there were clunkers. Uh, but if you have a clunker film, you go, okay, whatever, that's just one of the 27. There's these other ones that an individual can hang on to. With Indiana Jones, like if you have one clunker, that's like 25% of your material. My point is, I gave it a 5 out of 10. And, you know, a lot of that is based on nostalgia. Not for the film, but just for the character. And this film is not good, but I actually... I didn't go as hard on it as I usually do. The blueprint is there. The plot for me is workable. There's just a few couple boneheaded, boneheaded decisions that were made and a couple boneheaded scenes that they executed. But otherwise, like, I don't think you have to reinvent the wheel for to please me that I'm just so desperate to get Indian, Indiana Jones screen time that if they had just done a couple things a little bit differently, it would have been passable enough and, and more enjoyable. But even I'm so desperate, I even gave it a five out of ten. Um, so we'll see what the new one brings. It's scheduled for next year. That's the fifth one. It's almost mind blowing. The time frame is very close. It's not exact. I don't have the math, but almost as much time will have passed between four and five release dates as three and four, which is crazy because the third one came out in the eighties, the fourth one came out in the two thousands. And this fifth one will come out next year. So, um, so it's, I'm rambling here, but it's a topic for another day. Maybe it's a, an example of a missed opportunity of if you've got an iconic franchise, maybe you should have made more films when the actors were in their primes. But so it's a story for another day. But that's what I watched. Who says Harrison Ford's not in his prime? Well, I mean, probably him. <laughs> probably. I mean, but he's a crouchy old. Like. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't changed. No, but you could, and I don't mean this as a slight because he is an incredible actor. And even in the films, like in, in the non-action films these days, like even age of Adeline, it's like, Hey, he's, he's good in this role. So I'm not saying he's past his prime as a human being, but even in the 2008 film, you could tell some of the stunts were, um, just some of the scenes were modified because, you know, you had a, a non 30, 40 year old playing uh, like you know throwing whips and jumping off buildings and doing stuff so you could tell there was a bit of a drop off with some of the action sequences and i don't mean that as a slight at all to harrison ford but i just now knowing that there's another another 15 years has passed you know maybe maybe they should have made more of these in the 90s and early 2000s makes sense yeah yeah what did you watch this week not a damn thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no i was wrapping up school and that's you know, fair xyz and i just you know yep that happens yeah. like sometimes happens. life you know life happens life so life yeah yeah nothing cool all right cool well wrap it up sir i'm gonna wrap it up and i'm gonna do it in such an enthusiastic way that no one not even yourself not even the man down the street can accuse me of right reading it off a page so from the bottom of my heart i do truly thank everyone for listening like follow subscribe wherever you can check out patreon it helps us it helps you uh we do appreciate our existing patreon supporters thank you daphne Thank you, Brenna. Thank you, Marshall. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Adam, for our being our ex- exclusive upper-tier patron supporters. We thank you so much. And um, again, thank you for joining us this week. We'll we'll see you. Uh, and by that, I mean we'll, we'll talk to you next week. And um, we look forward to it. Did you script that? I did. I've literally Bravo. spent 
all day. When you said Bravo. you you messaged me and you said Pete, can we record it like six hours before now? And I said no, I have to practice this for six hours. It sounded very conversational. Yeah, yeah, which is impressive. <laughs> Thank Good you. For you. Thank you.